London Aesthetics Forum. Um, it's my pleasure to introduce Carla Damião. Is that correct? Have I yes. got it pretty close? Anyway, <laughs> uh, my Portuguese is non-existent, <laughs> as Carla knows very well. Um, who's come to us from the Federal University of Goiás in Brazil. Um, Carla specializes in issues on, well, particularly on Walter Benjamin, um, which will be talking to us about today, but also on aesthetics, film, and literature. Um, she's been engaged in some fascinating projects, including um, a project on 18th century theories of taste in aesthetics, and she's currently engaged in a project on gender and philosophy. She's also been quite active, I think, recently in, in Brazil in trying to, say, unite analytic and continental approaches to aesthetics, um, which are say more divided there than they are than they are here, even which yeah, is hard to believe, but nonetheless true. <laughs> All right. Um, before we start, I just want to thank the British Society of Aesthetics for um, funding this talk series, and I'll hand it over to Carla. Okay. So, first of all, thank you for coming, and I would like to thank Stacy for the kind invitation to talk here today. Um, and to say that it's an honor to be here. Um, I'm sorry for being a little bit late. I was here, but in the other room. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm trying to uh, I'll follow my paper and we'll show some of what I'm talking and some pictures also. And it is about uh, Walter Benjamin, as uh, Stacy just said. He's, he's a well-known uh, German philosopher, everyone knows. But um, he um, he's very well. He was very welcome in Brazil uh, in the uh, 1980s when I began to start to study philosophy, and um, that's why I've been also interested in aesthetics. So uh, Benjamin's philosophy is known as being interdisciplinary, in a strange way, I would say, um, uh, because if one studies aesthetics they say on the work of art in the age of uh, its technological reproducibility uh, will be the reference. Um, if the interest is in history, the thesis on the concept of history will be the focus. The narrator will be the main essay for the one who studies literature. And the essays on uh, Baudelaire, as well as the arcades, will be interest uh, people who studies modernity and capitalism. So what I intend to present, it has something to do with the essay of, uh, uh, on the artwork. Right? Uh, this essay finishes with a pair of two extreme notions, the aestheticization, sorry, is a difficult word to say, of, um, of our, uh, art and the politics of aesthetics. Uh, against the first, which was developed in the essay. The second would be the ethical and political answer, so to speak, uh, truly revealing why art is sometimes submissive to politics, helping fascism to oppress the people, while its task should be the opposite. As the answer is there only as a short indication at the end of the essay, uh, and not fully uh, developed, I will cross the line that divides Benjamin's interdisciplinary interests and will talk mainly about the th thesis 
uh, on the concept of history, leading us uh, into our theme on memory, truths, and monuments. So, I'll show you the first here. Um, um, sorry, it, this theme it's, um, is structured in three parts. Firstly, an understanding of important and uh, interconnected concepts such as destruction, barbarism, and catastrophe. Secondly, these concepts form the basis for discussing memory and the monuments, related less to the construction of monuments and more to artistic and political interventionist cases capable of reevaluating uh, uh, re their memory in connection with its meaning. And finally, how truth, as true content of these, those actions, reveals its artistic value in a material and historical perspective. Um, there will be uh, references to monuments in Brazil, which symbolize the colonial age, as well as recent polemic interventions on these as a motive for discussion. So uh, I'll start quoting, I don't know how familiar you are, but only to see what is um, highlighted there. Uh, this is the seventh thesis on the concept of history. And I'll let you read, but um, it's just to say that the highlighted works, such as method, um, um, guide us to some of the main concepts and to a dialectic between destruction and construction. There are there two opposite methods of historiography and a different concept of time. And this concept would be the zero hour. Uh, the American translator of this, Dennis Redmond, justify, justifies his translation of this term, saying that uh, in German, Stillstellung uh, was rendered as zero hour rather than the misleading standstill. That's another translation. Uh, because the verb still stain means to come to a stop or a stand still. But still uh, stellung, still stellung in German is Benjamin's own unique invention, which connotes an objective interruption of a mechanical process, rather like the dramatic pause at the end of an, uh, an action adventure movie, says he when the audience is waiting to find out is the time bomb missile terrorist device was diffused or not. So, to reach the dimension of the zero hour means to destroy the concept of time as homogeneous and linear. Destruction in this sense is the destruction of some false or deceptive form of experience as the productive condition of the construction of a new relation to the object. Um, so I won't read all. Yeah, that's what I just said. I uh, hope you understood the words that uh, in German is the that is still Stellung, and um, it will probably make more sense to you than, than I'm. But to me, <laughs> this difference of stop and 
yeah, and um, yeah, there are. So about this historicism method, uh, is therefore is the extreme other to what Benjamin proposed as the materialist method to write history. That's what he was criticizing in the whole text in the last thesis. There are innumerable studies on the meaning of time in Benjamin's philosophy of history, which includes discussions on mathematics, and for that you can take a look or um, Google Peter Fames. Um, uh, also about his theory of experience. Most of the studies on his philosophy deals with this key concept, the concept of interruption in Brechtian plays, and messianism, uh, not as a religion in a religious sense, but as a profound model for understanding catastrophe in connection with with destruction. Um, uh, so that that will be um, a sort of open and narrow door for redemption, based on a fragile sense of hope. Um, the zero hour. Oh, I should have taken this red part. <laughs> it's still there. Um, the zero hour infers a sense of space in conjunction uh, with the, mo the moment as the, in German, Jetzt-Zeit, which means, according to Redmond, the here and now, or as Benjamin or some translators also use in uh, Latin, hic et et nunc. And I, only for convenience, I, I quote this um, Oxford reference to say something about this here and now, this Jetzt-Zeit. Um, and they say Walter Benjamin used the term in, this, in his thesis on the philosophy of history to describe a notion of time that is ripe with re revolutionary possibility, time that has been detached from the continuum of history. Um, it is time at a so zero hour, according to the translator, poised, filled with energy and ready to take what Benjamin called call the tiger's leap into the future. It isn't naturally occurring, however, and takes the intervention of the artist or historic materialist or revolutionary um, to produce it by blasting uh, it free from the ceaseless flow in which it would otherwise be trapped. Benjamin contrasts yes, yes the site with the homogeneous empty time of the ruling class, which is history written from the perspective of the victors. So um, this is what I'm going to stress here as um, a case, right, a political case in, in, in Brazil that has to do with monuments and the recent campaign for mayors in Sao Paulo. So uh, now I'm going to tell you a story, <laughs> a long story, maybe full of reference, but it's based on uh, this idea that there is an entity with uh, historicism and the victors, and um, Benjamin 
tells that and this is famous, there has never been a document of culture which is not simultaneously one of barbaries. And just as it, it is itself not free from barbaries, neither is it free from the process of transmission. Uh, so, and this is how history uh, uh, passed through generation. And that's how we find also in um, the same um, process in the books of the children uh, studies. And what I'm going to, to show you is a case in Brazil and how this history is told. So then um, I'm going to use um, Benjamin to, to tell you this um, case. It's a non-artistic case at the beginning. It's a political case uh, about the recent campaign for mayor, for sorry, for mayor in São Paulo city. The, the, the how many people? Twenty, 20 million uh, people. And the debate between the candidates Marta Suplicy, who was a former Labour Party, and it's, it's not anymore. She went a little bit right and Jorge Doria, the winner, uh, who is social democrat conservative and married to an artist, uh, both praising the Brazilian artist Romero Brito, someone who is um, not really an artist. Um, so they, they, they had a discussion on TV about on, on monuments, building, facades, urban maintenance, and graffiti. And responding to the question, the candidate, oh sorry, uh, Doria um, uh, questioned Marta Suplicy. I'll just show you the pictures for you to. Where are they? Oh, here. Sorry. Yeah, these are the the candidates, and here they are. So this is the one who won, and she was the previous uh, um, the former. Labour Party, a former Labour Party member. So, uh, sorry, um, Doria, this one, questioned Marta Suplicy about her policies on graffiti and vandalism in the city. In responding to the question, uh, she said that the acts of vandalism would not be allowed under the, her management, mentioning this, the shame of seeing graffiti on monuments such as um, the one we're going to see, which is uh, a monument dedicated to pioneers, Portuguese pioneers, and the name is Bandeiras, Monumento, uh, Monument of Bandeiras. Uh, both agree uh, with a kind of a slogan, RTS, Vandalism, no. Coincidentally or not, the day after the debate, two acts against two specific monuments, one being uh, uh, the famous one we're going to see, occurred in Sao Paulo, and both monuments were erect, erected in homage uh, to the so-called Bandeirantes, our colonial pioneers. It is important to say um, a little bit who they were and how they expanded Brazilian territory after um, the Tordesillas Treaty and how they are ambiguously represented as both criminals and heroes 
extremely violent to our, towards Indians, uh, slaves and animals, um, and also violators of um, this project, Spanish-Portuguese project of colonization. Um, oh, sorry, I had to show this. <laughs> this is um, uh, <laughs> the so-called artist Romero Brito, uh, he, who is um, um, the, how can I say, preferred um, artist of the family. She is the, the, the wife and also an artist. And he, wa he's the, he was the winner of the election in Paul. So this, sorry, <laughs> this is on the internet uh, um, because this, uh, <laughs> He called himself the new Picasso, you know, and this was a famous, you know, how uh, internet is, so they were showing this <laughs> artist to people. Yeah, and he is the monument after the debate. Uh, um, that's, uh, I'm going to talk about the monument um, with more details, but this uh, is uh, what they did after, the, the one day after the debate, no one knows who they were, and yeah, and only to finish this um, um, case and go to what is more important. Uh, what happened is that uh, Fernando Radar, who was uh, the previous mayor for São Paulo of uh, Labour, the Labour Party, uh, he was by both candidates. Uh, implicated, so they found him guilty, at least in the indirectly, for allowing political interventionism to the detriment of the sacred and untouchable monument in memory of heroic Paulistas. And I'll, I'll say why the Bandeirantes are considered considered to be Paulistas. I have the wrong, <laughs> the wrong that, uh, uh, the wrong one. So there, this is empty. Okay. I'll read more and I, I'll tell you about who they were. So, um, yeah, so the action after the debate uh, brought in mind another one, this time a leg legitimate, legitimate act of resistance in the name of indigenous people. Um, and now we're going deeper into the first act, not this of the, the election, uh, knowing that the one we have just quoted worked as a simulacrum of the original one uh, with a completely different intention. If there was an agreement between the two candidates against their opponent, the then mayor who was also standing, he was as I said, uh, by implication, guilty in this moment. So uh, to tell a little bit further, the economic exploitation of the, the new world in its southern part, where São Paulo is, was primarily the search for in, in the forests for means of enrichment, as there was an abundance of good timber close to the seaports. But true to the conquering uh, impulse for the Portuguese of the Portuguese settlers, 
they quickly began organizing expeditions to travel into the interior, utilizing native knowledge of the waterways and the overland trails, the food sources that nature offered, and the natives' aware, uh, um, sorry, awareness of the location of the people who live, lived within. Since its uh, discovery, uh, um, yeah, 15,000, 15, yeah discovery between, <laughs> yeah, um, um, there had been rumors of the presence of gold and silver in abundance with the lands in, of the South American and fine green stones in the mountains that lay beyond the, uh, a hill called, a river called San Francisco. In the early 70th centuries, the Iberian government offered uh, marquees, uh, so the title of marquees for people who were uh, uh, searching for gold mines, and there is a long story to tell, I'll, I'll cut a little bit off, uh, and these bandeirantes, uh, finally they were sponsored by individuals or groups of individuals with the interest in finding these uh, precious minerals, Amazonian spies, capturing Indians, hunting animals for their skins, and anything that could be converted into cash. Uh, these bandeirantes, pioneers, so-called infiltrators, um, um, sponsored also by the government, or by a government interest in discovering gold and, and uh, gold mines enforcing the expansion, um, of the territory um, was uh, sorry was um, took us to this division that um, before Brazil is like this which, uh, there was this treat of Tordesillas and so here should be the Portuguese and here the Spanish land and what the Bandeirantes pioneers did was to uh, uh, take all this land <laughs> in, in this search for gold and for uh, um, so I'll give you an, an, an a description about this movement as they call of Bandeiras and it's ideological construction of the pioneers' myth. This is the number. So the picture of the Bandeirantes pioneers, for example, was drawn as though they were wearing riding boots, dressed in shorts and velvet padded leather jackets. This is how they appear in paintings, book illustrations, and statues. Historical research, however, reveals a very different reality. Most of the pioneers walked barefoot, wearing very simple clo clothes. In fact, all the images we see of the pioneers were made long after the time in which they lived. Let me see, there is one. Yeah, so the oldest paintings on the subject were conceived in the 19th century from the perspective of romanticism. They look all like um, D'Artagnan, so the <laughs> three musketeers, <laughs> the, and we're going to see one example. 
Um, and this myth of the Bandeirantes in Sao Paulo uh, uh, conceived another ideology. So the, pol the police, especially the elite, uh, um, sorry, uh, brought blood to the heritage of pioneers, brave men who were not afraid of challenges, which would explain why the Paulistas were dedicated tireless workers. Uh, so it's important to point out that the regionalism is full of prejudice against the inhabitants of other parts of Brazil. Uh, São Paulo always been the exception, a model of wealth and progress in a country of poverty and backwardness. Paulistas take their work seriously while Brazilians from other places are lazy. So that's, if anyone here went to Brazil, uh, somehow <laughs> or in, in a moment you're going to to listen this story. Um, uh, I'll show you the monument and or before that, this um, for to, to have an, an idea, and this is the artist, Victor Brecheret, who's going to talk about him also. Uh, so it's considered the world's largest equestrian sculpture at 15 meters long, 16 meters wide, and 10 meters high. And it was uh, initially designed in 1920, commissioned for the celebration of the bicentennial of independence in 1922. Uh, there are, on the sides of the monument, there are inscriptions. Uh, for example, these poets. Um, and Another to, to talk about. In the, the, um, there is a second inscription, uh, and all these, what I want to, my point is that all these uh, poets and the sculpture were modernists, affiliated to, to modernist movement in Brazil. And part of these movements, uh, they were influenced by European avant-garde, but part of the money, uh, the, the movement, also went in a kind of Nazi fascist in Brazil. So it's difficult to say where they, they, they were, uh, who, who they, they were affiliated to. Uh, but in the case of the quotations, uh, what is written there by the poets, we can see a closer um, side to this group. Uh, they were a little bit uh, fascist. So in Victor Brecheret, um, he represented himself in, uh, as one of the Bandeirantes, the number 29, <laughs> 29 there. Uh, he was Italian and only naturalized Brazilian at, the, at 30 years of age. When he went to Brazil, he was staying. And he, he was someone very well prepared. He, he worked with uh, Arturo Tizi and Rodin and Bordel, and this was in the decades where the avant when the avant-garde was very strong in, in Europe. And then he returned to Brazil, and the monument of Bandeiras, Bandeiras, by the way, means flags, because that's how they, they were walking through the jungle with flags. And, and uh, so it took 33 years to be built and complete and it's his famous and best work. And this is the, the monument. Uh, 
and all the polemic about the underlies happened um, there. So it's a huge monument in the, in, not in the center of Sao Paulo, but in a park, Park Vivera uh, Puerta, and you cannot avoid seeing if you went there. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm, I'm now trying to contrast uh, is with this uh, uh, other act that we can call it, um, and sorry, act of protest, and that happened three years before the debate. And we cannot say there was a vandalism only in their eyes, because uh, it was against a, a, a change in the constitution uh, that concerned the land of indigenous people in the whole country, and they, they were trying to, um, uh, they were having a, a, a protest, and after the protest, they went to the monument and threw a red painting um, because these were the uh, slavers of Indians in the time, and they wrote their Bandeirantes murders, right? So that's the one. Um, and so the sculpture was not in this part of the, the monument, it was in the front with the Bandeirantes, and these were the people that they took together in their um, going. Right. This uh, this only to show how they were dressed, <coughs> how they were shown in statues. This is in Goiânia, <laughs> in uh, uh, where uh, the part of Brazil that they expand, and and um, and there was another act that I have I want you to to talk about um, that. Um, has to do with also uh, oh god sorry this is not the yeah, yeah that has to do with, with the indigenous ca uh, uh, cause and this is something at the time of they were celebrating the 500 years of discovery and again, another intervention uh, that the Indians did that was compared to this uh, of the monument and how it was interpreted by a, a famous Benjaminian that comes a lot to, to Europe. Uh, um, and why does he think that uh, it is something connected to what Benjamin said in the thesis. Um, well, this, I don't know if you're familiar with a, probably not, with a documentary that the name is Beyond Citizen Kane. It's written wrongly here. It's the wrong one. <laughs> but um, it, it is a, a, a channel for here uh, made a uh, documentary about uh, the honor of a powerful 
uh, channel in Brazil, Rede Globo, Globo, uh, Globo TV, and they control, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read here, it's better. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you about the film and maybe you can look and find out uh, what they say. It's an old documentary, it's 1993. Uh, it was um, not forbidden completely in Brazil, but uh, Rede Globo tried to uh, buy the rights uh, of what they, sh they showed in the documentary and uh, not to, to uh, to let people know about uh, their influence um, and control uh, of people, um, most of the people in Brazil, control of their minds, right? So uh, this, according to the documentary, uh, it was directed by Simon Hartog uh, and produced by John Ellis and first broadcast on chain, uh, Channel 4 here. According to this documentary, Mar uh, Roberto Marinho, the owner of this media group, engaged uh, in manipulation of new, um, was engaged, sorry, in the manipulation of news to influence public opinion. And this, I can tell you, it's very much true, but this, they were uh, uh, documenting th this in, the in 1993. The uh, works the same. So, um, uh, Rede Globo objects to this film, to film's position in trying to buy Brazilian rights, as I said. Um, and while it's often claimed in Brazil that uh, it was this documentary was forbidden, John Ellis, the producer, claims that there were no re legal restrictions in the place but the, document, the, the documentary can't be broadcast on TV in Brazil uh, since it contains large sections of footage owned by Globe. However, cop, uh, copies sold in, in Britain reached Brazil in the 90s and circulated widely there. In addition, uh, with, with the, since the internet boom, everyone can see on YouTube and um, Google video. Um, so, uh, on the sec 22nd of April 2013, Globe sponsored copies of uh, a clock that would um, uh, count down the time to the uh, anniversary of the discovery of Brazil. Um, and there were two um, acts of destruction um, to protests, one in Porto Alegre, so that, that little um, clock they showed became this huge panel, and people were throwing uh, stones, pieces of wood, irons, bottles, and also Molotov cocktails against the clock. And the Molotov cocktails caused a fire, people were arrested, and the clock was finally completely on fire. In, um, in here, there was in Fortaleza, the same, uh, they, were, they distribute the clock in many places. And here you can see, 
They were in 22, uh, 28 cities. Um, and here you can see Indians with, uh, with they were trying, they were throwing arrows uh, on the clock. You cannot see very well. Uh, trying to stop um, the counting down. Um, so, the, there was Michel Levy's comment on it, saying that uh, the example of the the other one, the this here, uh, is a Latin American example that translates in an extraordinary way the inspiration that Benjamin commented on his thesis on the interruption of empty time. Um, and he says, on a symbolic terrain, uh, contestatory more than revolutionary. During the protests against the official celebrations, the governmental celebration on the 500th anniversary of the discovery of Brazil, uh, a group of Indians shot arrows at the clock, sponsored by the, by the Channel Globe, um, and uh, and that is what he he was um, connecting with the there was the episode he was connecting with the the thesis Benjamin thesis on uh, interruption of time and creating that that uh, situation of yet sight or the the here and now. Um, Right. There are other examples. I don't know uh, how long can I go. Um, I just yes. Okay. Because I just want to explain a little bit what I said about Brazil, and for example, in this quotation by James Young on uh, host Hohai's and memorial plan for. Uh, uh, a memorial in Berlin, and I just want to read with you that and show another one. Among the hundreds of submissions in 1995, competition for a German national memorial to the murdered Jews of Europe, one seemed an especially uncanny embodiment of the impossible questions at the heart of Germany's memorial process. Artist Horst Hoheisen, already well known for his negative form, monument in Castle, proposed a simple, if provocative, end solution to the memorial competition. Blow up the Brandenburg Gate, uh, green its stones into dust, sprinkle the remains over uh, its former site, and then cover the entire memorial area with gran uh, granite plates. How better to remember a destroyed people than by destroyed monuments. And rather than commemorating the destruction of a people with the, the construction of yet another edifice, Hoheiser would mark one destruction with another destruction, rather than filling in the void sorry, left by a murdered people with a positive form, the artist would carve out an empty space in Berlin by which 
to recall and know now absent people, rather than concretizing and thereby displacing the memory of Europe's murdered Jews, the artist would open a place in the landscape to be filled with the memory of those who come to remember Europe's murdered Jews. A landmark celebrating Prussian might, sorry, Prussian might, encrowned by a cherry-born quadriga, the Roman goddess of peace would be demolished to make room for the memory of Jewish victims of German might and peacelessness. In fact, perhaps no single England better represents the conflict itself, abnegating motives for memory in Germany today than the vanishing monuments. So this is um, this quotation, and here should be what we should see uh, in pieces. And Um, uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, another qu uh, quotation I would like to to make is about the monuments of historical. Uh, is this one of the theses? The consciousness of exploding the continuum of history, that's uh, Benjamin, is peculiar to the revolutionary classes in the, monument, mo in the moment of their action. The great revolution introduced a new calendar. The day of on which the calendar started functioned as a historical time-lapse camera. And it is fundamentally the same day which in the shape of holidays and memorials always returns. The calendar does not therefore count time like clocks. They are monuments of historical awareness. So this is the uh, quotation that I think it links, try to, I'll try to link what I said before. And uh, my conclusion would be that I would uh, disagree with uh, Michel Levy when he comments on the episode of Haiti Globus clock, uh, considering it as a Latin American example that would translate, would translate in an extraordinary way the inspiration on symbolic terrain, contestatory more than revolutionary. So it is a symbolic terrain, but overall an example of an act of politicization of art where art is concerned as a junction of uh, art and politics, even if the action was not taken by artists or by people who claim to be an artist. Hedy Globo, the TV channel uh, designer, for example, Hans Donner, um, uh, uh, he claims to be a digital artist, and perhaps he is, but no doubt uh, in Benjamin's eyes, he aestheticized politics. So that's um, when, um, what, what, I, what I tried to do, I'm sorry if I was a little bit uh, confused because this was not the right, the, the final uh, PowerPoint. <laughs> and and uh, it was to show uh, through uh, not only the artwork essay, uh, Benjamin's artwork says this 
conflict between um, politics and aesthetics and arts, but um, to go to his thesis on the concept of history and, uh, and give some examples. And I think that these are, the, 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 what happened in Brazil that I showed, are examples that are not so uh, destructive as the plan that uh, <laughs> artists in German had, or some others. I didn't want to, to show here, but I could go back and just to um, say this, for example. I, I don't know if you, I should show, say or show that. <laughs> <laughs> That was, um, when was that? In 2002. And also this here, I don't know if um, it's also a good idea to show, but uh, the good thing is that no one was hurt. And so these were radical examples of uh, destruction. And what I, I showed about the Indians was, didn't, yeah, one of the clocks in the south was destructed, but the other was, um, more a symbol of uh, political resistance against the idea of um, um, the, how can I say, the Portuguese being the um, um, the ones who discovered uh, Brazil, and um, so they were there before, and that there was their reaction, and and now. Um, so we, we have Brazil <coughs> at the moment, and it has been for more than one year. Uh, lots of, we have had lots of protests, not only of the indigenous people, but many others, and I think you must have heard about. So this is only one act to show uh, what has to do with past and history of the, uh, the old, the ancient um, inhabitants in Brazil. Right, and this, <laughs> I came here, sorry, before this day, and I'm going back before that day, and I think these are what he called the dates of uh, Remembrance and the dates of the calendar. Thank you.